back to Blue Blood TV. My name is Hassan Pinto, and I'm in the house with Natalie Bodie and Cambria Haro. Say hello, guys. Hello. Polar Vortex. Are you guys ready? How do you guys feel? Texas, California. It's great. It's certainly not Texas. like 25 this morning. Preferred, but it's fine. We're trying to keep it positive, but the morale is low. Okay, we're gonna put that out there. <laughs> you pull the vortex. Well, we're gonna get into uh, today's show, and we're gonna talk about Duke, Carolina. We're gonna compare and tr- contrast their uh, wins versus Georgia Tech and Notre Dame, um, and we're also gonna talk about the UNC women's basketball team and their miraculous wow win uh, last week, and then we're also gonna talk about. My guy, my guy, my guy, Kobe White. Oh, no. We're going to talk about Kobe. Is Kobe the best UNC point guard? And then we're going to talk about Zion. Is he the player of the year? You guys ready to go? Yeah. Let's do this. Let's kick things off by recapping Duke's 83-61 win over Notre Dame and Carolina's 77-54 win against Georgia Tech. Um, Both teams played Notre Dame and Georgia Tech. Ladies, what did we learn? We'll start with the Carolina game yesterday. Well, we learned a lot. I'm going to go ahead and say that the biggest takeaway here, I think, for Carolina fans is just the big hype train behind Kobe White that I know you are a... A leader of me. Fan. Kobe fan. <laughs> but, you know, I'm I'm going to take it from a bit of a realist approach. Uh, you know, Cam Johnson, Kobe White, 19 points, combined to make nine three-pointers. Great performance, but, again, we're still playing January basketball. I will not deny that Kobe White is a prolific scorer, but I need consistency. I need wins against Duke, and I need wins in March. And then I will, I will say maybe – He's a top contender. And less turnovers. Less turnovers. And you get that with the high-energy players like him. But, like I was saying, you know, if he shows me some consistency that, you know, stands the test of time, I'll compare him to some Carolina greats. But that's what I've got for now. That's a whole segment. We're going to compare him. We're going to compare him today, and we're going to compare him tomorrow, and we're going to see at the end of the day where he stands. Uh, Cambria, talk about Duke and what, what we learned this weekend. Well, when they played Georgia Tech, they exposed the three-point percentage. They were two for 21. They could not hit a three to save their life. And that's something they've been struggling with this season. They're 326 in the in the country for, for three-point percentage. They are shooting 30.2% from the three-point range. And they exposed them. The whole re- uh, huge reason why that uh, they didn't play as well as they could have against Georgia Tech is just because they couldn't hit those threes. But it's nice to say that Trey Jones is back because he played a humongous part in why they got the win in the end of the day because within six minutes, he limited everyone to one field goal. That is a big deal coming from one player. Okay, so the next question is how close are these teams? I mean, we saw Carolina blow out uh, Georgia Tech. We saw... Duke in a nail-biter at halftime against Georgia Tech. Uh, we saw Carolina uh, struggle a little bit but win the Notre Dame game. And we saw Duke kind of roll over Notre Dame. How close are the two teams? It's hard to say because Notre Dame and Georgia Tech are not really the best teams in the nation. So it's kind of tough to say like what how, you know, what exactly we can take away from this. I'm going to go ahead and say I think that This is a tough comparison because you see two completely different styles of basketball being played. And 
whereas the talent is a little bit more spread out uh, on the Carolina team. When it comes to Duke, it's very concentrated, and you have loads of star power. You know, you know what you see is what you get for the most part, unless there are injuries or, or someone's being inconsistent. But they're two completely different styles of basketball, and you know what that brings us to is when they play. It's going to be madness. I mean, we're not going to know until they play, and it's going to be an amazing game because of how they contrast each other. Let's talk about that contrast, right? The contrast between the teams. Roy is playing, what, 12 players? Uh, Coach K is relying on two players who are encompassing about 60 to 70% of their scoring. Um, Tell me, guys, what you think. You think um, Coach K? Do you think uh, Roy? Which way do you think is the best way? Well, this also kind of comes down to their recruiting styles, which we've talked about before. You know, you see Carolina really pride themselves on seniority and leadership and not really getting the one-and-done guys. And then you have Duke with all the hype about the recruits they're getting um, in years past and years to come. And so you just take those two different styles, and it's, it's almost hard to decide which one is better. You know, right now, Carolina is playing consistent. It looks like we have more depth on the bench, but... Duke still gets all the hype, and when they start winning more games by bigger margins, they're going to continue to get more hype than we are. And I mean, Duke is just a phenomenal team in general, so I can't agree more with actually Natalie's point. So what if the the trio, Cam Reddish, Zion, R.J. Barrett, what if they get into foul trouble? What is Coach K going to do then? He's going to have to play his other players, but I would hope that the bench is ready to go in if that's the case. And that's what you'll see, like we discussed in weeks past, between, you know, a guy in their starting five and someone who's, you know, the second off the bench, there's a massive margin there. And that's where you're that's where you see Duke struggle. If they don't have their frontline guys, that's where they can be exposed. And Carolina's just been phenomenal with their bench players, that you've got more players that can play but, the minutes. But then you have the issue, is, so if that's the case, then you have the issue with Carolina, the consistency. So, you know, we see Kobe White has been, he's consistently been a good player, but there's different guys stepping up every night. It hasn't necessarily been one go-to guy. I think Luke May has been a little bit quiet. That's just me. People expect more from him. But, you know, anyone anyone can make it be their night. For Duke, you got one or two guys that you're like, all right, if it's not Zion, it's RJ or it's Trey. You know, it's not it's not anyone on that roster is gonna come out and own own the floor. That's not the way it Okay, is. let's let's talk about the point guard position. Roy's playing two point guards, he's utilizing Kobe White, which is an excellent ball on the ball defender, and then off his bench he's got seven wood. Is this gonna be a problem, Cambria, for Trey Jones to have to play two differently athletic Point guards. No, I don't think so. I think Trey Jones is just too good on the defensive side. And I think he's going to give Kobe White a hard time. It's going to be very fun to watch. So what happens when seventh comes? He's going to have the same amount of energy? Yeah, absolutely. I think Trey Jones gives all the energy that he needs. I mean, the the Duke team needs him. So I think it will be fun to watch him go against these these great scorers and get, give them a challenge. And that's, that's what I'm going to look forward to when I watch UNC play Duke. Okay, so then let's talk about Zion. Is he stoppable? Can he be stopped? See, I think that the best way to stop Zion is to stack the middle. But the problem is that Zion is prepared for that every time. They know that they need to they need to guard the inside perimeter. But the thing is, Zion can go around anyone. He can take on four guys by himself. 
And we've seen that in a few games. So I think that Zion, to say we can stop Zion, I think you just got to put a stop sign in front of his face. Okay, so if 70% of the scoring is coming from R.J. Barrett and Zion, Natalie, which which one would you try to put the clamps on? I mean, that's just a hard question because I was talking about this earlier. You know, is Zion the best player in the country? I'm going to go ahead and say he's the most talented in the country because what does he have? He has the intangibles. You can't teach, you can't coach, rather, athleticism. And the problem is, is I think, you know, RJ is more of a disciplined player, but then you have Zion who's more of an explosive player. And every time Zion Williamson does something, everyone is surprised. I mean, I don't think, he's just someone, we've never seen anyone like him before. Like, point blank, Period. Okay, you can make some comparisons for RJ, sure, but we've never seen another Zion Williamson ever because he's a freshman in college, and the first person people are comparing him to are Michael Jordan and LeBron James. Like, that's just not normal. Okay, okay, so let's ask the question. Is Zion the best player in college basketball, and is he the player of the year? I'm going to have to say yes. You haven't, like you said, Natalie, you haven't seen a player like this in a very long time. He's in a league of his own. Like, that's just the bottom line. And I really hate to say that because I wish he was in a Carolina jersey. (laughs) But I'm going to be honest. All right. Do I still think we can beat them? Yeah. (laughs) How about you, Cambria? I'm going to still say that it's going to be, they're going to give you a hard time. They're going to give you a hard time. We're going to place bets. Stay tuned to see who loses more money. Oh, God. And and my prediction is this is going to be a bar burner. It's two different teams, two contrasting styles, two different coaches, uh, NBA coach versus a college coach, uh, one that uh, relies on three players and the other that relies on 12 players. I think it's going to be the war of styles, and I can't wait to that first matchup. Okay, let's talk about my guy. My guy, Kobe White, was just named ACC Player of the Week, and we can argue... <laughs> yes, we. We can argue that he might be the best point guard mm. since Ty Lawson, mm. Kenny Smith, mm. Phil Ford. Everyone understand we've tried mm. to tell him to slow his roll. We've tried, but he's just not going to do it soon, okay? I'm not going to do it. He, will, he oh. refuses. <laughs> okay, where does he rank among uh, UNC point guards? Um, I think he might be the best. <sighs> Oh, okay. I mean, that's mm. where that's where I interject and I say <laughs> that it is it is January um, of his freshman year, and okay, let's get in this. He's averaging like 14 points. Good for him. He's he's doing great. He's shown some consistency. 19 so points last two games, mm. trending upwards. But I'm not impressed. That was a blow. I mean, Georgia Tech was a blowout win. Okay, so when I like I said, when I see 54% him 54 percent from the field. When I see him beating Duke, and when I see him winning in March, and when I see some grit out of this guy, when the lights come on and he performs and he shows up as a freshman. I'll give it to him. Natalie, you sound like George Lynch. That's what George Lynch said earlier today. He wants to wait to the final four before he makes his verdict on I, Kobe. I think that's who, the best way to go about it. Who, who cares if he can drop 20 or 30 against a team you're going to beat by a super high margin anyways? I want to know when it's a tough situation, it's a tough game, if the freshman won't crack. The, the freshman won't crack. Okay. And, I mean, they're going to have a pretty intense schedule coming up. They're going to have to play Virginia. So I think that that will really show Kobe White's talent, whether or not he is probably one of the best point guards. Highest scoring 
player in the history of the state of North Carolina. Do you know who came out of this state? James Worthy, mm-hmm. Jerry Stackhouse, Donald Williams. I mean, superstars. And listen, this guy is a I'm scorer. Not, I'm not saying I don't think he can do it. I'm just saying that right now I'm not going to sit here and tell you Kobe White could potentially be the best point guard best. in Carolina basketball history because Mm-mm. that's almost disrespectful to the rest <laughs> of the past. Kenny Smith Sr., I'm talking to you, okay? I'm I will vouch out the Kenny's long. probably going to listen to this broadcast. <laughs> you know what? I... You know, Kobe White is not respect, but you're not there yet. Even James Worthy doesn't think that he is the best in the country. I'm just telling you what the statistics say. Mm. He has scored the most high school baskets. Who cares about high school? You know what statistics say? That he has one of the lowest assist turnover radio, uh, ratios, 1.33. Doesn't even make it in the top 250 that's, players. That's what you see from some of these high-energy guys that can, you know, they can score a bunch of points. They can't keep, you know, they can't keep the ball as much. I, well, that's okay because you got to keep him out of the paint. And what he's proven in the last two games is if you try to keep him out of the paint and you you step back on him, he's gonna he's gonna put the three on you. I think he was five for seven from three point the other night. So he's a scorer. He's a scorer. The kid gets bucket. But it doesn't mean he's the best. Doesn't mean he makes the top five. And like I said, we're in some January basketball. Mm-hmm. I don't care who's dropping points right now. I don't care. Hit me up in March. <laughs> all, right, all right, all right. Let's 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 move on. We're gonna stay with Carolina. Carolina's on a four-game win streak. Does Roy have the team trending in the right direction in order to peak in March? If you were Roy, what would be your starting lineup? And would Luke May and Kenny Williams? in the starting five. I'm going to start with Cambria because I want to hear Duke's perspective and then we're going to jump over to Natalie. Go ahead. You know what? Keep the starting lineup that he has. I don't think there's anything wrong with him. Uh, with it. I think that he could interchange both Cam Johnson and Nas Little because I think that they are great players and I think that Nas can perform when Cam's not on the floor and Cam can perform when Nas is not on the floor. I think that who he has now is good and I think that the players that come in, you know, that don't start, they should be expected to outplay the, their opponent. They should be able to go out there and perform their best. So whether you start or not, shouldn't it shouldn't matter at the end of the day. It's what you can bring to the table when you're in the game. Okay, Natalie, can you give me your one through five? Uh, you know, I uh, I hate to say this to you because I just I don't want to go oh, ahead and say Cambria's oh. right. Oh. But I kind of like... I do. The, okay, so here's the thing. I would keep it starting five, but here's what I think could change. I think you maybe in March, I'm hoping that Nasir Little is in the starting five. You know why? Because I think he's capable of it. So if he has not shown his consistency and just been a player that, you know, at some point they can't refuse him, even if veterans are in line before him, which not that that matters because Kobe's playing time over seventh. But I'm just saying, I think that I I would keep it how it is, but I want Nasir Little in the starting five. What about if uh, Nasir Little got the amount of reps and the amount of shots that Luke May has taken. And that's what I'm saying. I think if you give the guy more of a shot, he's going to perform, but you can't get comfortable and you can't get confident if you're not getting the minutes. Okay, talk about talk about Luke May. What's Luke been doing? I mean, he's supposed to be guiding this team toward the final I mean, four. Okay, like I said, I have, he's the one for me that I'm just kind of like, Luke May, where are you? But, but at the same time, I will reiterate, I've said this a million times, January basketball, if he comes out later and he performs well and he shows, you know, he shows who he is, okay, but he is a leader on this team and I'm sure he's a verbal leader even if you can't see him leading. Can't be any thoughts on Luke May? 
Luke May plays to his opponents. If they're if they play a ranked team, Luke usually plays to that level. But when they play an unranked team, he usually plays to that level. And I think with the that's a weakness. It's a weakness. But with the with with the ranking teams that we're playing, like Virginia, Duke. I, I expect him to perform, outperform a lot of the people on the floor. I mean, here's a here's a statistic for you: three point percentage when you play a ranked opponent. When he plays a ranked opponent, is forty six point four percent. Now, bad Luke, you get twenty nine point nine percent. Bad Luke. Bad Luke. Bad ranked opponent. Bad. So he he plays. It's unfortunate he plays to the level. Of his opponent, but, but you know this guy's a senior. He's been there. He's been to and two Final Fours. That's what he shouldn't mean. be at this point. I agree. Good Luke and bad Luke. No, I, I agree. agree. I have to. I can't disagree. I but, think that he needs to come out and show up a little more. But okay. that's where you see. Well, we don't know. Here's the thing, Luke. A Luke May on your team. Where he's leading is in the locker room, even if he's not. How, how do you know this? You, you, how do you, have you, I, have not, you seen the locker, room? the locker room? But I'm telling you, based on how he talks to press, how his team speak of him, it just seems like he is the type of guy who leads by example, and you need someone like that on your team. And, I mean, Cambria is you know, giving us statistics here that shows that he, when it, when it comes time, that's when he shines the brightest, when it's, it's a bigger opponent. And that's impressive, but, you know, it's lackluster for me. I need more. He's okay. a senior. Okay, so let's talk about one more guy. Uh, Kenny Williams, he starts. Does Kenny have the stats to say he's a starter? Is he shooting a three? What is this guy doing? That's a great question. What is he doing? <laughs> I don't have as big of a problem with Kenny Williams yeah. as I do Probably the playing time that Leaky Black was getting pre-injury. Because he's another one where I understand that he's a freshman, but the versatility he show, he's shown, I mean, I just think that I wish Roy would give guys like Nasir Little and Leaky Black more minutes because I think they can do a lot more than what we've seen, mm-hmm. but I don't think they've been given the chance. And Leaky And now his ankle, you know, his ankle injury, who knows when he's going to come back from that, hopefully soon, but... And Leaky also leads in three-point percentage, which is something that you need on the floor. You need good three-point shooters. Okay, so uh, one more guy, Brandon Robinson. B-Rob, B-Rob, where does he factor in? I think, I think this guy is an X-factor. What do you think about B-Rob? Cambria, tell me from a Duke perspective. See, I think he deserves more minutes, if anything. I think he deserves more minutes, but it's unfortunate because Roy's not going to really give him all that minutes. I think there's more people on the team that are a little more talented, but I think that he's definitely showed that he can play. So, I mean, that's all I mean. We'll see. But that, and so th- this is where you hit the biggest contrast between the Duke and the UNC teams we've been talking about. There's almost not even enough minutes to go around for players that we want to see what they can do and the new guys coming in and the veterans we have. So I think as the season unfolds, only time will tell, but there's a lot of guys that you're thinking, you know, he deserves more minutes or he needs to do more with his minutes or he's a senior, why is he not doing this? But we're just going to have to see. There's definitely not enough. Okay, well, we're going to leave it there. Okay, we're going to wrap this show up with talking about UNC's women's basketball teams. Their stunning win over Notre Dame, 78-73. Um, this was a wow moment in the season for Sylvia Hatchell. Paris Keys, ACC Player of the Week. Um, is this UNC team real? Was it a fluke, Natalie? All right, well... I'm going to go ahead and say that the one thing wasn't that was not a fluke was Paris Key. Okay, let's talk Paris. 
So she got dubbed Player of the Week in like four different categories. This okay. Week, okay. Come on Among now. them, ESPNW, the women's side of ESPN, and she got the ACC Player of the Week award. So I am just in awe of her. You know, she's a redshirt senior. She's from Greensboro. 30 points and 10 assists over number one Notre Dame. And if you're wondering if this is normal, I'll go ahead and let you know it's actually not. You know why? Because she's only the fourth D1 player in the last 20 years to have a 30-point game and 10 assist game against a ranked opponent. Right. This was the number one opponent. So that's just, I had to go on a little rant. (laughs) You did that. And you continue to do that. So I don't know if this team is a real deal. They weren't ranked preseason. They're still not ranked now, but Paris keeps heating up. And if she can lead this team, maybe they can build off that momentum. So I'm excited to see what happens. Okay. So like, let's stay there. Can UNC play themselves into a ranked team? Because right now they're not ranked. And and that's what I'm saying is it's just not sure because for them, they just have not had that that legacy of, of greatness. They have won a championship, but it just this was a massive win for them, and it was because they were not expected to do this at all. So could they play themselves into a ranked team? Maybe, but I'm going to be honest with you. This might have just been kind of a one-hit wonder for them. One-hit wonder. They would have to go on a massive streak in order to get ranked. I mean, it would just be out. It would be kind of bizarre. Okay, so UNC is three and four in the ACC. Duke is one and six. When the blue blood match up, Cambria, does it matter? No. Why? It's just not. It, it's, it's, I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, last year, I remember last year when UNC beat Duke. It was a big deal, but it didn't last that long. It wasn't like, oh, my God. The women's because, side, that is, right? So yeah, women's side. No, we're not talking about men's here. No. <laughs> you know, I had to reiterate. Let the audience know. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for doing that for me. But. No, it's just, you, you know, it got that win, but it wasn't that big of a deal. Obviously, a rivalry is a rivalry, Duke versus UNC. It's a big deal, but when it comes to the women's side of basketball, it's not the same as the men's. The hype is not Okay, the same. so what's missing? I mean, Sylvia Hatchell has a brand-new, retrofitted Carmichael Stadium, 10,000 fans. Joanna McCauley over Duke has Cameron Indoor Stadium. I mean, this is like asking why the WNBA isn't watched as much as yep. the NBA. Like, no. I wish I could tell you exactly why, but... At North, at the University of North Carolina, you just you think basketball, but you're not thinking women's basketball. Why not? And what can you chalk that up to? I mean, the men's side just has way more star power. If you make it to the WNBA, that's great, but that's not a big enough you know force that has a big enough fan base to really get collegiate programs to that level and hype up. What their about what about on. winning? You don't think Carolina Nation would come out if? Duke and Carolina and Duke Nation oh, if they were winning. If, if they were really good, if they were yes. potentially winning a championship, so, you better believe it. So, so, so what's, the, what's the problem? Is it the coaches? Well, All right, let me ask you this, Hassan. When you hear women's basketball, what school do you think? Tennessee. UConn. 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 Tennessee. Notre Dame. But do you think UNC or Duke? I'll be honest. I just kind of think Skylar Diggins for a second. (laughs) Okay, I mean, but but you don't think UNC or Duke. Why? You just don't. Why? We're not not big names there. We're not. You said coaches. Okay, so everyone, I'm going to call out Haas for a second. If you didn't know, he used to play soccer. 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 Back in the day, his daughter plays now. Apparently, they're pretty good. I don't know. Maybe Google them. I'm not going to tell you. (laughs) Google. But 
He was on this campus, and guess who, who was still on this campus that is still here now? Yeah, that's right, Sylvia Hatchell. Sylvia Hatchell. She's basketball coach. She's in her 33rd season. And I'm going to tell you, it's hard to fire somebody like that. Yeah. You know why? Because they've done a lot. And they're like, I mean, and it's almost disrespectful. But would a coaching change maybe revive them? Maybe. Yeah. I would say that if we got a coach that came from like a school like Connecticut, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but if we did, then we could get some potentially really good players because but they like, don't want to. UConn wins in the recruiting because when you're just that good, you're, you're, you can go up to players and be like, hey, okay, well, look what we've done. We don't even have to talk you into anything because numbers don't lie. So if you want to win a national championship, you got the best chance. Okay, so we can't say that. Yep, we can't. So since I'm the elder statesman here, let me tell you about <laughs> UNC basketball. We have an assistant coach on the bench named Sylvia Crawley, six foot five, and wow. she won the last national championship in, I believe, is 1994. So is it time to turn over the reins to a younger coach? That's really knows how to win because she won with Sylvia Hatchell and Joanna McCauley. I mean, I think that they should both be doing better. Great institutions, great facilities, history in basketball. I think that Duke and Carolina should be competing. What do you think? Well, of course they should be competing, but I think you just said it. Like with the assistant coach, I mean, she won under, uh, won under Sylvia Hatchell. It's not like Sylvia Hatchell doesn't know how to get nineteen ninety. Four. 1994, but it doesn't mean that Sylvia Hatchell cannot come out with a you win. You were not even born. No, I wasn't. Okay, that's how long ago it was. I respect yeah, Sylvia Hatchell. Five years from being in the yeah. <laughs> I respect Sylvia Hatchell too much to talk her down. I think she's been phenomenal. I love her. I I interviewed her one time. She's a great person. So I can't. Go. Yeah, no, she's a great person. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say that she needs to go. I well, I will. <laughs> okay, so you can go. Well, okay, no, okay. I'm no, like slightly kidding. I just wanted to throw that out there. But, <laughs> you know, I think that it, it, maybe the, the solution isn't getting rid of Sylvia Hatchell. Maybe it's just kind of reviving a program. She could be the person for that. Mm-hmm. Maybe. But then again, would it be easier if you just brought in a new face and a new structure? Probably so. And that's why you're like, all right, well, maybe we need to kick Sylvia Hatchell. Because it's been 33 years. She's won one championship. One championship. Okay, so my thoughts on this is I think that Duke and Carolina both have amazing brands. I think that if we had a coach that could recruit at these two amazing campuses, we could be a school that is competing with the Connecticut's, competing with all the major women's basketball powerhouses, and judging from the hysteria and the fact that we brought this topic up on uh, Blue Blood TV, it means that people are thirsty for women's basketball to be great. Uh, And uh, we're going to conclude there. That's our show. Everybody, thank you for watching. That's our show. That's our show. And when we're back, it'll be my birthday month. I want everyone hey, to take yeah. that and Happy every, birthday. And everybody, <laughs> we are in the cold, and we've got the, uh, the, the snowstorm or the cold storm. Stay warm, and we'll get back at you next week. We out. We out. Join us on March 9th for the Blue Blood Robbery 5K Road Race. The Blue Blood Robbery 5K Road Race will be run in Meadowmont Village in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. You can sign up and support the Special Olympics at BlueBloodRivalryRun.com. I'm going to say it again. BlueBloodRivalryRun.com. Join us March 9th.